Good morning. I greet you all this morning in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as we come for worship this day. Just a a couple quick announcements to draw your attention to. The church council will be meeting at 7 o'clock on Tuesday, which is to kind of discuss a few things before we have a congregational meeting on Wednesday at 7 p.m. And the purpose of the meeting is to discuss two things. Uh, One, we need to make a bit of a change to our church council, uh, the members of our church council. And the second big thing, the main item, is that so we are here to discuss the future of our building. So please, I encourage you all to attend. We will have a prayer meeting at 6 p.m. that night, on Wednesday night, to prepare our hearts and to seek God's wisdom and guidance. Next Sunday, we are celebrating our graduates. We have two young ladies who are graduating high school, and we're going to celebrate with them here in church next week, and there's going to be a light reception following. This summer, um, we will not be having Sunday morning services. We will be having Wednesday evening services, uh, family services, where we invite families to come and, and join and explore faith together. The services will be a little different than what we're used to, but we encourage everyone to come and join us. So it'll be Wednesday nights at 6 p.m. for the months of July and August. Our strawberry tea is not a lot of details yet, of course. It's just the start of June. Um, But we will be having a strawberry tea. It will be takeout only this year, so I guess actually we shouldn't probably call it strawberry tea because there won't be tea. Um, But strawberry shortcake takeout uh, will be... And we'll, have, we'll, get, we'll get more details out as the month goes on. And finally, the last announcement I have is that the burial for Mildred Kettlewell will be tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. at Lakeside Cemetery, up near the very back of the cemetery. So if you wish to join the family, they welcome you to, to join them at 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. Any other announcements to share? We have a birthday. She's back to Joyce. Gardner had a birthday the other day, did you not? Yes, happy birthday to you. Any other announcements to share? Let's just take a moment to quiet our hearts as we prepare to worship our God. We light our Christ candle. Remember, Jesus Christ, light of the world, walks with us each and every single day. Let's join together in a responsive psalm, Psalm 77. cry aloud to God, I cry that God may hear me.
recall your deeds, O God. I remember your wonders of old. I recount all your works and ponder the things you have done. You are the one who works wonders and have shown your strength among nations. By your arm you redeemed your people, the children of Jacob and Joseph. God bend your ear and hear my prayer. The waters saw you, God. The waters saw you and churned in fear. Clouds streamed water, the heavens rumbled. Your arrows bolted on every side. The voice of your thunder was heard in the whirlwind. Like lightning went up the world, the earth quaked and shuddered. Your way was through the sea. Your path through my tumultuous waters. Your footprints could not be seen. prayer. Let us pray. Lord, we gather today in the presence seeking your spirit. May the same spirit speak to our hearts. May it give us wisdom. May it give us peace. We ask in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Our opening hymn today is God, reveal your presence.
seated. Our scripture reading today comes from the book of James, chapter 1, verses 19 to 27. You must understand this, my beloved. Let everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For your anger does not produce God's righteousness. Therefore, rid yourselves of all sordidness and rank growth of wickedness, and welcome with meekness the implanted word that has the power to save your souls. But be doers of the word, and not merely hearers who deceive themselves. For if any are hearers of the word and not doers, they are like those who look at themselves in a mirror. For they look at themselves and, on going away, immediately forget what they were like. For those who look into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and persevere, being not hearers who forget, but doers who act, they will be blessed in their doing. If any think they are religious and do not bridle their tongues, but deceive their hearts, their religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God, the Father, is this, to care for orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Let us pray. Lord, if we come as people of prayer, seeking wisdom, seeking guidance, seeking your heart for ourselves, for our church, and for those around us. And Lord, we gather around your word this day. May it speak to our hearts with your heart. Lord, we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, the one who is our rock, our strength, and our Redeemer. Amen. I am a member of this school advisory council for Jubilee Elementary School, the, the school right immediately next door. And like a lot of places, they are struggling to find volunteers. Like a lot of committees, they are struggling to find people who would come and sit and help them with their work. I am on it as a community representative since my children no longer go there, and, and my three-year term is up. But they won't let me go because they can't find anyone to replace me. And I'm okay with that. They do good work. Also, a few months ago at a meeting, they were saying they were having trouble finding volunteers to help with the breakfast program. So now that my children are self-sufficient in the mornings, I go over on Wednesday mornings and I help out to see what I can do. Now, my job is pretty simple. I go in, I set up the table of food, I welcome the children, I help them get their food, I do a quick cleanup, and I'm done. 45 minutes, I'm in and then out. That's all it is. And you know me, I'll joke with the kids a bit when the opportunity arises. A kid will ask, can I have some milk? And I'll say, sure, five bucks. And we have a little giggle and they take their milk and go. Most of the interactions are that simple. And for the most part, forgettable. But this past week, there was a girl. I don't remember seeing her before, but of course, with masks and the dozens of kids that come through every Wednesday morning, she could have easily gotten lost in the shuffle, did not recognize her. But anyway, this past week, she walked up to the table quietly. She surveyed everything on the table, and I think she took like a yogurt and a milk, and she sat down to eat, but she sat down right next to the food. Now, usually what kids do is they come in, they grab their food, they run off to the other side of the cafeteria to sit and talk with their friends and just have a good morning. But she came and she ate her food right there, right next to where, we were, where I was serving from. In fact, she was so close, she was getting bumped by kids who were coming up to get their own food to go eat. So she sat there quietly eating her food, and then a few minutes later she came back and asked for more. So I let her take what she wanted, and she went back and sat in her seat. A little bit after that, she came back again to get more food. What I remember, though, are her eyes. I can't quite describe it, but when, when I saw her coming back, it was clear in her face, in her eyes, that she was hungry. And she kept coming back for more. She's no bigger than a minute. She's a tiny little thing. What I wanted to do is I wanted to ask her, when is the last time you ate? But I was busy serving milk to the other children lining up behind me, so it wasn't an appropriate place to ask. Now this girl, she's maybe seven or eight years old, and she came to school hungry, very hungry. All I could do was let her take whatever food she wanted and let her know it was okay. Now, 
You've heard me say these things before, but one, more than one in three children in CBRM live in poverty. If you look at the north side, that number jumps up over to around 43% of children live in poverty on the north side. So meaning these families, they need to prioritize where they're going to spend their money. And we know what a, what a challenge it is to spend money within a budget right now. They've got to prioritize, what are we going to pay this month? Are we going to pay the rent? Are we going to buy food? Are we going to pay for heat or other bills that are coming in? What are we going to do? And then you add on to that the problems that we see widespread in our, in our communities right now around drug and alcohol addiction and, and mental health issues. You add all of this together and children, they go to bed hungry. The children, they come to school hungry. Now, I've known these statistics for a few years now, and you've heard me say them at numerous times over the last few years. And I've known in my head that children go to school hungry because I talk to principals, I talk to teachers, they tell me the stories. But this week in the, in the little girl, I saw it with my own eyes. And she barely spoke a word to me, but her actions spoke volumes. These, these are the kind of moments where I kind of ask that cliche question, what would Jesus do? And as I reflect on all that happened, I want to go back to Wednesday morning. I want to ask her if she had any food for lunch that day. I wanted to take her book bag and just fill it with whatever food I could fill it with that was on the table, apples and cheese and yogurt and milk and cereal. I just wanted to stuff her bag so that she would have food for the day. I mean, there's plenty of food for the breakfast program. There's, there's a fridge full of food. There's no short. No one else would be going hungry if I stuffed this one girl's bag full of food. But then I wonder what happens on Thursday. What happens on Friday? What happens on those days where she doesn't get out of the house before the bell rings? What is she doing this morning? How is she feeling? What is she eating today? on the weekend when the schools are locked up? What is she going to do in July and August when the schools are closed up tight? Now, I know she's not the only one. No doubt there are a number of children that come, I mean, 43% of children on the north side, so no doubt she's not the only one that I see on Wednesday morning that is in that kind of situation. But she's the one I noticed. She is the one that physically wore her hunger in her face and in her body. She's the one that kept coming back for more, still hungry. She is the one I remember. She will be the face for me of the 43% of children on the north side who live in poverty. She is the one who took those statistics I know in my head and moved them to my heart. She is the one I will remember when I look at the words of Jesus when he says, love your neighbor. Now, a number of you are, are teachers, retired, and some of you still work in the school system. So I know from what, talking with many of you that when I mention a story like this, there is a face that comes to mind for you of a child that you know, that you have encountered sometime in your career. Children are the most vulnerable members of our society. They have no voice, they have no power, they have no authority, they have no representation. What they have is their parents or grandparents or whoever is the guardian to look after them. They have the teachers and the staff at the schools who look after them. 
These are the people who make decisions for them. These are the people who we hope love them and look after them. But even with all of this, not all children are so blessed to have these things. So what would Jesus do? The scripture reading I read this morning is one I picked out before Wednesday morning. And when I picked it out, I had kind of a theme in mind. And and the theme has remained the same, but the story around it has changed. The book of James is written by the Apostle James, and the same James who is believed to be the brother of Jesus. He is writing this letter to the Jewish Christians who have left Jerusalem and and are worshipping in various cities and villages on the, in, the, in, the, in the region. And right at the start of his letter to the church, James addresses some important issues around um, trials and temptations. And then we get to where I read from this morning, starting at verse 19, and, and, the, and the title for that section of my Bible is called Listening and Doing. In these verses, James lays out for the church and for us some practical advice we would be good to follow as Christians and as the church today. He says, and this is going to be a different version than what I read from this Bible, but he says, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. We should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Because as James says, that quick anger, that human anger, is not the kind of anger that produces God's righteousness. Quick to listen, slow to speak. That's not always my default position, and it's gotten me in trouble on occasion. I'm getting better, though, with, with God's help. And as I think about quick to, quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger, those of you who are married or thinking about getting married someday, this is some wise words as well that may very well save your marriage. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. This is good advice. And when we think that James is writing to the church, these are excellent skills for us to learn and practice as Christians What is the church for? Why does it exist? The church exists as an extension of God as followers of Jesus Christ. We gather as a group of people to learn what it means to be faithful people of God who follow the one that he sent as an example, Jesus Christ his son, Jesus Christ our Lord and our Savior. And so what did Jesus do? He taught, he healed, he served people that he encountered every single day. He did so many great things. And he was also quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Now notice James didn't say, don't get angry. He said, be slow to get angry. And it's no mistake that he wrote this after the first two, right? Quick to listen, slow to speak. Because when we listen, that's how we learn what the problems are. It lets us hear what is happening. And then if we need to, we speak. If we need to, we get angry. There is such a thing as righteous anger, right? 
I mean, you look at Jesus, he walked into the temple one day, and all that he saw in the courtyard were people selling things at tables. And they were selling these things at huge markups to, make, to profit off the backs of people who came from a long way who just simply want to pay their respects to God. And when Jesus saw these things, when he saw this den of capitalist sin, what did he do? He flipped the tables and chased them out with a whip. Man, wouldn't I love to be able to do that today? What does being quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger look like for the church? It means we sit and we listen to the needs of the community in which we sit. It means we hear their stories with our own ears. It means we see their situations, their issues with our own eyes. It means we take it all in, we, th- we think about it, we ponder it, we pray about it. And if need be, we even get angry about it. But it doesn't end there, though. Once we've taken it all in, once we've processed it, what do we do? Well, James says we do something. James says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Now, when James is talking about the word in that verse, he is talking about the word of God what we would call today our Bible. But James didn't have the Bible. It wasn't written yet. All he had at his disposal were the stories of Jesus that were being widely shared by himself and the other disciples. The word, that's the word he's talking about. He's talking about the examples and stories of Jesus, which would later become our Bible. So we're to listen to the stories of others. We're to listen to the stories and example of Jesus. And we put two to two together, and we do something. In other words, we let God direct us as to how we are to respond to the needs of our community. We listen, and we do something. James goes on to say, anyone who listens to the word, the scripture, but does not do what it says, is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror, and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. If we read our Bibles and we forget what it says, we forget what it asks of us, then it's pointless. Our faith becomes pointless. But if we listen to the perfect word of God, if we study it, if we make it part of our lives, if we look intently into those words that give us freedom, then then we will be blessed in what we do, so says James. And honestly, if we do these things, then the people around us are blessed as well, right? Because the word of God is seen in the life of Jesus, and in the life of Jesus, we see him bless others through humble and faithful service. And now we get to the final two verses of our reading today. And please listen carefully. I want us to carry the weight of these words with us over the next few days as we approach this very important meeting we have on Wednesday night. As we discuss the future of our church in relation to our building. James writes, those who consider themselves religious 
and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues, deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. Religion that a God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Let's hear that last verse again. Religion that our Father accepts as pure and faithless, uh, pure and faultless is this. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this. To look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. When I think about the little girl, who is looking after her in her distress, in her hunger? When I think about the 43% of families, that li- children that live in poverty, who is looking after them in their distress? We're going to meet here on Wednesday evening and have a very frank and open discussion about this building. We will weigh the options of undergoing expensive upgrades to this facility alongside with options of going somewhere else. Whatever we choose to do, whatever we choose to do, we must choose with the words of Christ in our hearts and in our minds, where he told us what the greatest commandment is. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And I think we can add on to that what we heard from James today. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this. To look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. If we choose to leave, if we choose to leave, We leave in good faith that God has a plan for us. If we choose to spend the money and stay, we stay in good faith that God has a plan for us. And in both, the plan should be to serve our community. The money we could or might spend to upgrade this building, we spend so that the community is benefited. We are not here to maintain a coffin waiting to die. We are building a place of hope for the hopeless. A place where people can come and experience the love of God through service and through worship, as Jesus shows us how to live. It is a place where we come to hear the word of God and then do something, as James calls us to do, or reminds us to do. And if we decide to go somewhere else, we go carrying the same goal, just in a different way. People often ask me why people don't come to church anymore. And I think James touches on that a bit for us today. People want to be part of a place, part of an organization that does something, not a place that glances in the mirror and forgets what they look like when they walk away. Not a place that comes and worships and prays and then goes back out into the world to be exactly like the world. Remember, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless as this. To look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. God accepts the faith of people, of the church that serves others and seeks to keep itself from being polluted by the sins of the world in which we live. Now, on paper, that sounds pretty straightforward, right? But in reality, we know it's not quite that easy. 
But the, ste- the steps, if we hold them in front of us, the steps can be quite simple. Confess our sins before God. The sins of the world and the sins of our hearts. Second, seek the freedom, that on- seek the freedom only Jesus Christ can give. And finally, love and serve others in his name. Listening and doing. Loving and serving. Uh, living as a blessing. These are the ways of Jesus Christ. So let us follow in his way wherever he may lead us. So that little boys and girls and their families need not go to bed hungry need not go to school hungry, night after night, day after day. And just maybe they can catch a glimpse of the love of God in their lives and the gifts he has for them through a church that loves and serves. Amen. Our next hymn is When We Are Living.
We're going to pray now. But I'm going to leave an extended period of silence for us to pour our hearts out to God as we seek his wisdom as to be his church in this community and on the north side as a whole. So let us join our hearts in prayer. Lord, as we just sang, in everything that we do, everything that we say, everywhere we are, we belong to you. Lord, we belong to you. All that we have belongs to you. For it is a blessing that you have given to us the resources we have, whether it be skills or money or buildings. Whatever it is, O oh God, it belongs to you in service to you. And so, Lord, we pray. We pray for those children that go to school hungry. We pray for their families who live in all kinds of circumstances. Lord, some families live in poverty because they just haven't caught a break. Some families live in poverty because of choices they have made. Some live in poverty because of things that have taken over their lives through addiction or mental health issues. So Lord, we pray for these families. We pray for their children. We pray for their parents, grandparents, guardians, everyone who is in their life, oh God, we pray. We pray that there be no hunger. We pray that there be no cold or sickness. We pray that they don't have to decide every single day where to spend their few dollars. We pray, O oh God, And Lord, as we spend the next couple days getting ready for, for a big discussion, we pray you will speak to our hearts. You will show us the way in which we can serve these families, whether it be through this building or somewhere else. We seek your wisdom. We seek your guidance. Lord, now we just, we just open our hearts to you that you may speak to us, that you may give us a way forward. Let us listen for the word of the Lord.
Lord, we thank you that you do share with us. You do guide us. You love us. And you love everyone in this town. You love everyone on the north side. And your heart breaks for those children who suffer from hunger and cold every single day. Lord, we, we, we just conti- we'll continue to pray. We'll gather here on Wednesday and we will continue to pray. And Lord, we will also pray for those around us. We continue to pray for the world that has so many struggles. We pray for the continued daily mass shootings in the United States. We pray for wisdom of their government, their leaders, to do what is right to protect their citizens. We pray, O God, for Ukraine and for Russia. We pray for a peaceful end to this useless war, if you can call it war. We pray for other places in this world that are seeing greater violence, yet it just doesn't make the news. We pray for refugees. We pray for those who have come to the point in their lives where they just need to run away to seek safety and freedom. Lord, we cannot even imagine how difficult a decision that must be. So we pray for them. We pray for those who are affected by the storms of life, both physically and spiritually, that you would bring peace and healing to them, and that you would direct your church to best serve those who are on the streets that surround us in all churches, that your love may be shown through grace and peace through, and through hearts that serve humbly and faithfully. Lord, we bring all these prayers to you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, the one who taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let us sing together how firm a foundation as we rejoice in Jesus as our rock in our lives.
My friends, there's a world that surrounds us that is hurting and broken. Yet God heals. Jesus Christ brings peace. Let us go be agents of that peace and healing that only God can give. Let us go in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God in each and every one of us, now and forever. Amen.